Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. What is up, my friend? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab Podcast. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing great. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Hey, this is the stop. This is the podcast that you need to be listening to to learn all about how to find and grow your speaking business, how to find and book speaking engagements, how to deliver a talk that matters, how to build your business beyond the stage. That's what we are about, and that's what we're going to be bringing you every single episode. We're on episode 96. We're going to be talking with a good friend of mine here in just a couple minutes. But before we do, let me quickly remind you, if you've been living under a rock. Maybe you haven't heard, but if you don't know, now you know. We've been getting ready for the Speaker Lab Summit, which is going to be starting in just a couple of days, all right? If you're listening to this when you should be listening, which is when episodes come out, and then you've got just a couple days before this starts. The SpeakerLabSummit.com is where you're going to want to go to register for your free ticket. We have interviewed over 40 of the world's top speakers. In fact, we did the math here. If you were going to hire all of these speakers to come speak at a conference or an event, it would cost you in the neighborhood of $615,000. $615,000. No joke. That's the kind of caliber of speakers that we have brought to this event. Like some really, really top-notch speakers. So you're definitely going to want to go register for that. You can get a free ticket by going over to thespeakerlabsummit.com. We're going to be kicking off on Monday, September the 12th, so you're not going to want to miss that. So again, make sure you register over at thespeakerlabsummit.com. All right, so today we are going to be talking with my buddy Cliff Ravenscraft, who is known as the Podcast Answer Man. Uh, this guy's a great guy. He actually has an amazing personal story where in the past year and a half or so, he's lost around 100 pounds and just the guy looks night and day different from what he was and just really, really cool how, uh, how committed he is to his health lately. Really cool to see. But uh, Cliff is known as the podcast answer man. He is the guy that I go to regularly for podcast questions, and he just really, really knows his stuff. So we're going to dig into that today. We're going to be talking all about uh, why speakers need a, a podcast to build their brand in the first place and, and how Cliff has used podcasting to get speaking gigs. We even talk about, he tells a great story about how he used a free gig to generate $70,000 in revenue, which is a great story you're going to want to catch. Uh, we also talk about how he uses his podcast to get paid speaking gigs and how podcasting has made him a better speaker. So really great episode here, really great insights from Cliff. So without any further ado, let's get into it. Here's my conversation, my chit-chat chatteroo with my buddy Cliff Ravenscraft. Enjoy. What's up, friends? Graham Baldwin here. Hey, today I'm joined by my good friend and uh, this this physically beastly specimen, Mr. Uh, Cliff Ravenscraft. This guy's been... How much weight have you lost and, and in what period of time? In 22 months, I have burned over 100 pounds of fat and have added on 26 and a half pounds of pure muscle. That's insane. Like I've seen pre-Cliff and post-Cliff and it's 
Dude, you're you're really killing it. It's really impressive and it's very inspiring to uh, to watch. So congrats on that. So anyway, Cliff has been a really good friend for several years now, and Cliff is known as the podcast answer man. Really knows all things podcasting. We're gonna dig into that today, and has really used his platform in the world of podcasting to leverage it for speaking gigs. And so we're gonna dig into that story today. But Cliff, thanks for hanging out with us, brother. Why don't you give us a quick snapshot on uh, on your business? I know you do a lot with podcasting, but what does that look like? And then how does speaking also fit into the business today? Awesome. Grant, thank you so much. And it's an honor to be here on your show. So for me, podcasting started as a hobby back in December 2005. Created a podcast about a TV show of all things. It was just a hobby playing around, having fun, and all of a sudden lucked into having a massive, tapped into a massive audience of fans about this TV show called Lost. Uh, one thing led to another. I, I discovered I, I had a bunch of other pa- passions outside of the TV show Lost. And so I created podcasts about family, faith, technology. And ultimately, people said, hey, Cliff, could you teach us how to podcast? And I'm like, sure, I could teach you how to do this. And after a couple months, actually 18 months of kind of just dabbling with teaching people how to do it and getting paid to teach them how to podcast, I said, hmm, wouldn't it be interesting if I could do this full time? And So I put in my 90-day notice, and in January 2008, I turned it into my full-time career. 2008 was a disaster financially, but it was the best year of my life and my marriage because my wife was on board with me. And uh, things really started to take off in 2009 when I met this guy named Dan Miller. Mm -hmm. and He started promoting me pretty heavily. I got connected to people like Michael Hyatt, Michael Stelzner, Pat Flynn, and the name of the people that I have worked with over the years. it, It blows my mind. And uh, yeah, and so today I've helped probably about 40,000 of the 375,000 people who are podcasting today, about 40,000 of them learn from me either directly one-on-one through my podcasting A to Z course or through my uh, tutorials that are available online. Very cool. Very cool. And I'm curious, so whenever you quit the, the, the job and you started doing the podcasting full-time, how are you actually generating revenue from that? Yeah. So for me, I was generating revenue. Initially, I was I had some advertising, just a little bit of that. I had voluntary listener contributions. I was making about $28,000 a year from donations from our listeners. In fact, wow. one person sent me a check for $12,000. And if you want to see that, you can go to gspn.tv slash check. And that stands for the Generally Speaking Production Network. But if you go to gspn.tv slash check, you can actually see the letter that accompanied that $12,000 contribution. Uh, So there was donations. There was some uh, certainly some affiliate income, and that was a significant amount of income. And by the time, you know, by the time I decided to do this full time, I was doing consulting one on one. At the time, I was making 50 bucks an hour. I Today, I'm up to $300 an hour. I actually should raise it quite a bit more than what I've been doing lately. But so there was one-on-one coaching, consulting, and those people, a lot of them wanted equipment. So I was buying equipment through this one company. And they said, why don't you become an official reseller for us? And I said, what, what does that mean? <laughs> and they said, well, we basically would send all of the equipment to your customer, but we will agree upon a price of what you'll pay us, which will be lower than what you've been paying. Uh-huh. <laughs> Whoa, that sounds great. Sure, and, you want to give me more money? <laughs> and, and so they said, yeah, and we'll just invoice you on a net 20. So you, as long as you pay us within 20 days, that's fine. It's like, wait a second. So I get to bill my client the regular price they'd pay anywhere else. 
they pay me that. And then I pay you this much lower price. I get paid first and then pay you and I get to keep the difference. That's pretty sweet. And well, long story short, it's that I started that relationship officially as a reseller in January, 2008. I've sold $800,000 in podcast equipment. <laughs> That's then. crazy. That's wild. Those are some of, uh, I, and by the way, I get paid to speak pretty well. And actually my most profitable my most profitable speaking engagements are the ones I do for free. How's that? Well, let's put it this way. Let's just say I go to social media marketing world and I've done every single social media marketing world since it's been in existence. So I go there. Let's just say there's 280 people in the room. All right. So there's 280 people. Of those 280 people, about 200 of them may have never heard of me before. And I have a $2,000 podcasting A to Z course. I have done this so many times for so many years that I know statistically that out of that audience, I can guarantee you 35 of those people in that room will sign up for my $2,000 podcasting A to Z course within 12 months. Wow. Right. So I'm not great at math. So I'm going to do 35 times. So there you go. $70,000 speaking gig. Yeah. That's crazy. And I think that's a great point that, uh, you know, as it relates to free speaking gigs versus paid speaking gigs, I think sometimes there's this misconception that if you're, if you speak for free, it's, it's not a real gig or it doesn't count or you're not a real speaker, you're not a professional speaker. And the reality is, is that, that like you said, in the right environments, I think this is the key is that you can't just go to any speaking engagement and turn it into a $70,000 gig, but in the right context with the right audience and the right setting, that those can be extremely profitable when you have some type of, of product or service that you can offer on the back end. And I, I've had similar experiences, Cliff, both offline and online. Like one of the things that we do is we we run our online trainings and webinars, uh, and oftentimes those lead to those lead to sales of our additional training courses. And so even though I'm giving a online free talk, nobody's paying to attend there. Nobody's paying for me to be there. Uh, I know that I'm going to be able to generate revenue in other ways. Absolutely. And and yeah, that's what I mean. I, and by the way, I love to get paid to speak, but it's, it's kind of fun that no matter if I get paid or not, I ultimately find a way to get paid. Right. Absolutely. I want to come back and talk about the speaking stuff, but let's talk about the podcasting stuff for a second because you've used podcasting as a really powerful tool to help build your speaking business in some ways. So first of all, for uh, once you give us an overview, like what is podcasting and why should we care about podcasting? This feels like something that you know may have been a big deal a couple years ago. Maybe it's not as important now or maybe everybody's doing it and so there's no more space for me now. Uh, so talk us through what is podcasting and what's the landscape of podcasting like today? Wow. You, you just said so many things in that question that I, I hope I can touch on all of them. <laughs> so the first of all, anybody who's listening to us right now, whether you know it or not, you're actually listening to a podcast. And Grant, I say that you might think, well, of course they know that. No, not everybody does. There are people on your website right now who've clicked a play button. They've never heard of a podcast before. And it's like, they, what's this play button? And now they're hearing us. Every single time you put out an episode, there's somebody new out there who's, who's listening to you that has no idea what this thing is. So this is a podcast, my friends. And one of the cool things about a podcast is that you don't have to listen to it on a website. You don't have to bookmark it and come back to see if Grant's put a new one online. Instead, you can, if you have an iPhone, on your iPhone or iPad, automatically, by default, there's this purple icon that says podcasts. And you can go in there. It's an absolutely free tool do a search and do a search for Grant Baldwin and you're going to find this podcast, Speaker Lab. If you do a search for Cliff Ravenscraft, you're going to find the Cliff Ravenscraft show, which is AKA Podcast Answer Man. So these podcasts, these shows are available for free. And the nice thing about it is you subscribe for free 
And every single time Grant or I publish a new episode, you're immediately notified and it can instantly be downloaded to your phone if you choose to do so. And it's just incredible. So the cool thing is that you can listen to content, the kind of content that you want. There are podcasts about any topic you can possibly imagine. And you can listen to the not only the kind of content you want, but you can listen to it when you want because it's pre-recorded and you can stop and pause as many times as you want. And you can listen to it wherever you want. And because it can be downloaded, you can listen to it while you're flying across country or even into another country uh, for that speaking gig that you're doing. You can do it while you're driving the car, you know, a couple states away for a big speaking gig or whatever the case may be. Or even, you know, while you're washing the dishes, walking the dog and working out at the gym. So that's what a podcast is. It, it's a, it's a pre-recorded audio or video file. Usually it can be a, any kind of digital media file technically, but usually it's an audio or video. I prefer audio and these audio files can be delivered. It's like internet talk radio on demand, easily subscribable and absolutely free. And by the way, if you're on an Android device, an Android phone, you can use the Google Play app. They now have podcasts in there. You can search for either of us there. By the way, if you're on Android, I think a better experience user-wise is an app called Pocket Casts. I think it's like five or seven bucks. It's worth it. And the cool thing with Pocket Casts is it's, it's platform agnostic. So you can actually subscribe to your podcast and they're available on your Pocket Cast app, on your iPhone, your Android, or even on the website. And it syncs them across devices. That's pretty cool. Nice. And you can even get this stuff on a Windows phone if you happen to be one of those users as well. So podcasting is ubiquitous. It's everywhere. It's free. It's convenient. It's really awesome content. Now, I want to address the one that you said, you know, it, it seems like it's getting kind of crowded out there. You know, I just threw out a number. There are 300 and actually, I, I don't know if I said 375. It's actually 325,000 podcasts that are active today. Wow. 325,000. And that sounds like a lot. But before we talk about that, I want to come back to the podcasting. Well, let's talk about blogs. Well, I imagine everybody who's a speaker, you you have to have a website. And if you have a website, and you don't have a blog. Well, Grant's going to tell you to change that eventually if he hasn't already. <laughs> so you should be blogging. But did you know there are over 450 million active English language blogs today? 450 million? 450 million active English language blogs. Jeez. All right. So if you th- think about your message and your brand is a, is a needle, that's one heck of a haystack. Right. Right. And so what does everybody say? It's like, well, okay, you have to have a blog. I agree with that. Okay. But you know, if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to do YouTube, right? Y- YouTube is where it's at. It's the number two search engine in the world. Everybody's saying hey, videos, this videos that. And by the way, video is so important. You should have an in- YouTube channel. And by the way, you should be doing Facebook live streams. As a public speaker, you should be doing those things to get your message out there. These are great tools that are the the amount of attention that you can get on a Facebook live stream. As soon as you just publish the little live stream button, anybody who's a friend of yours instantly, automatically gets a notification, even if they didn't want to. And it's at the very top of their life, of their uh, timeline for as long as you're live. And it, and you don't have to do anything. You, they automatically do that for you. So you should be doing video. But let's just talk about this for just a moment. YouTube, did you know that over 100 hours of video content are uploaded to YouTube every minute of the day? Jeez, that's crazy. So we're, talk, we're talking literally billions of hours of new content, you know, and, and 
the the haystack there just blows blogging out of the world when it comes to the amount of content someone can choose to consume. Right. So all of a sudden, guess what? 325,000 podcasts, well, that seems like a pretty reasonable size haystack, right? Right, right. So, I, but okay, so it's a smaller haystack. And, and obviously, I, I think that there's still, this is the early days of podcasting. Now, I've been doing it since the beginning. I've been doing it for 11 years. I've done over 30 different podcast shows, over 3,600 hours of my voice online. All right. So I've been doing this for years, but it's still the early days. I think that anybody who starts a podcast in 2016 or 2017, if you go five years into the future, you're going to still be considered a pioneer in this space. I really do. I would say for the first 10 years, podcasting was in its infancy, and it's just now in its toddler stage as a quote-unquote industry. Gotcha. And, and it is really taken off. It's really hit mainstream. One out of every three people in the United States over the age of 13 have listened to a podcast within the last 30 days. Mm-hmm. One out of three. That's incredible. And that number is growing and growing and growing. So now the, the thing is, is now there, when I started podcasting, my, when I podcast, I was one of the first few hundred podcasters in the world. All right. Now you're going to be one of the first 100 or a few hundred thousand podcasters in the world. So I want to address that thought that, you know, it's, it's a crowded space. Well, let's just say you're a speak, you're a public speaker and you're a public speaker about uh, personal finance or small business entrepreneurship. Those are some of the most crowded spaces in the podcasting space. I mean, literally hundreds of podcasts about those topics. All right. But Grant, let me ask you this. How many other podcasts are there in this world that exist that talk about public speaking from your experience and from your perspective with the heart and the message that you want to put out into the world? How many other ones are there? There's a few other public speaking ones out there, but I think we're taking a unique angle. And uh, one of the things I always believe is that as a podcaster or blogger or content creator, that there's going to be some people that are going to resonate with me more so than someone else and vice versa. And so, yeah, I think um, hopefully we're putting something unique out there. Well, the, the thing is, is you are putting something unique out there. I mean, nobody else has your experience. Right. No, the, the mistakes that you made, that, sure, some people is like, oh, yeah, I've made that mistake. Yeah, but not the way that you made it, not in the circumstances. And they certainly may not have actually reacted to the mistakes the way that you did. You may have actually made the mistake. You may, may have made the mistake and then reacted in a way that made it things 10 times worse. Or maybe you responded in such a way that it's like, oh, wow, that I was able to turn that into where it was just a little blip and it's not a big deal. But the thing is, is nobody else has your exact experience and I believe that God's given us all the experiences of our own lives so that we can take it and share it and benefit the lives of other people around us who are a little bit further behind on the journey. And so no, my suggestion is that there are no other podcasts in existence that can bring to the table what only you can bring to the table. So let's make the case. So the case has been made then that there is a lot of uh, opportunity that exists in the marketplace and, and it's it's not nearly as crowded as people might think it is. So like, how would I use a podcast, especially if I'm if I'm a speaker and I'm looking to primarily get speaking gigs and to continue to build my platform? Like, how could a podcast help me to accomplish that? Obviously, you have a website, right? Sure. So on your website for your speaking business, you probably have a demo reel uh, and or some kind of video demonstrating that you can actually speak confidently in front of an audience. Right. Matter of fact, Grant, I've seen yours. It's extremely impressive. I love the the angles and everything of, of the one where you're in front of all those students. I've seen it several times 
every time I visit your site, I like to go to it and just watch it because like that's him in his element. Hmm. So, so there's that, right? Now, but that's one video. I mean, really, you can only end up putting out so many videos on your site. Now, the reality is, is I've probably seen your video twice, maybe even three times. Now, chances of me actually watching that video ever again, probably pretty slim to numb. I I think I've gotten the gist of it, right? Mm -hmm. All right. So maybe, maybe you might put up another demo video and let's put, let's face it. Every time you go and do a video, uh, a speaking gig, you're not going to come away with like Hollywood quality video reels. So most of the speaking gigs that you're going to do, poor lighting, the, you know, all some of these other things you're probably not going to have, you know, show worthy demo reels every time you do a speaking gig. So the amount of new video content you can put out on your website on a consistent basis that demonstrates your ability to communicate in front of an audience, it's pretty slim to none. All right. So now you could write a blog and yeah, that's great. But what does that communicate? It communicates that you can write. All right. But what does this do? I mean, here's, let me ask you this, Grant, you hear my voice, right? Do I sound confident in in my subject matter? Sure. Do I sound like I'm not like fumbling over my words? I'm not saying um every five seconds. I'm not repeating the same phrase a billion times. I am speaking confidently, comfortably, and I'm communicating with great clarity. And I'm excited. I'm enthusiastic. I'm passionate. And every single person listening to this podcast episode right now knows a lot about me and my communication style just by me being a guest on your podcast. That makes sense. Now, imagine that I'm putting out a podcast episode every single week, 20 to 40 minutes, every single week on my website. And these people are listening to me share about my message. And who are the people who are subscribed to my podcast? They're the people who resonate with my message. And it's usually the people who are in my audience that are resonating with my message and they love how I communicate week after week. They love how I share thoughts and ideas and experiences. They love how I'm able to communicate complex things in ways that are easy to understand for their audience. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've been, you know what? I'm going to be doing a retreat. I would love to invite Cliff to be a speaker at my retreat. Mm -hmm. And, And I will tell you, it was through podcasting that I began to get invitations to speak at people's events. And Grant, I was told when I decided I would like to actually become a paid public speaker, I told a friend of mine, a very powerful, prominent friend that if I said his name, a lot of people would know who who he is. And he says, Cliff, you know what? You got to write a book. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, well, I can tell you right now, if you do not write a book, you will never be paid to speak. And well, I will tell you, Grant, I've been paid to speak several times and to this day, I still do not have a book and (laughs) I will eventually get around to writing a book, but it's not a priority for me. You know what I have instead? I have 3,600 hours of my voice communicating online about things that I'm passionate about. Right. So I'm curious then if if I, let's say I'm, I'm listening to this going, okay, I see the value of a podcast. I see how this could potentially lead to speaking gigs. I'm trying to figure out maybe what what I should podcast about. So 
if I okay, let's go back to your example of I'm a let's just say a personal finance speaker, and there's a lot of personal finance blogs, and there's a lot of personal finance speakers, and a lot of personal finance podcasts. So, uh, is that what I should make my podcast about? Because one of the other challenges in this is that the decision makers who actually hire speakers may be different than the audience members that I would be speaking to. So, what should my in order to help get speaking gigs, what should my podcast actually be about? Well. There are a couple different ways that you can go about answering that question. And the, certainly the question is, is, is the purpose of your podcast to get you speaking gigs? So that, that's the first thing to ask yourself. And if that is the case, let's just assume that it is, then there are two ways to think about it. You could try to create a podcast for the decision makers, or you could create a podcast for your target audience of who you hope to speak to. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to say that I lean towards creating the content of the people you most want to reach and speak to at these events. Because, well, why else would you be speaking on those on those topics to that audience? Is is it or is it not your sweet spot? Right. 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 And so, for example, if if, let's just say my sweet spot is I'm trying to think of something here. Give me an example of a public speaker that you're thinking of that is not doesn't have a podcast, but they speak to this audience, but the decision makers are the are different. Give me an example. I'll just make one up here. So Joe Schmo, he speaks to people about nutrition, but the people that actually book him to come speak are fitness gym owners who are into nutrition, so they don't need to listen to his podcast. Okay, great. So, okay, this is a perfect example. So Joe, in my opinion, he could do one of two things. He can create a podcast for gym owners, all right? These are the guys who typically hire him the most. He knows this, that he's been doing his business for a year. That's his niche, who just seems to be the one, people who hires him. He's made a name for himself, all right? So what he wants to do is he's already had the relationship with these gym owners, so he could create a podcast for gym owners, and he could actually interview them about how to improve their gym and and things like this. And this could be sponsored by such and such speaking. You know, just at the end of the episode, you could say, hey, and if you would like me to come speak at your gym, check out my speaking page. So that is one topic that he could choose. Now, another one is that he could focus on fitness, the nutrition side of fitness. Now, if he does this, he's operating in his sweet spot. Now, if he may not be all that, quote unquote, in his element and adequately able to speak with authority on being a gym owner because, well, maybe he doesn't have that experience. Right, right. But he's really great at nutrition. So I usually st- steer people towards where their greatest passion is. So go ahead and speak, do a podcast on nutrition and, and become known in that space and beloved in that space by people who are also interested in taking their nutrition efforts to the next level and allow your online buzz and community. And so now when you reach out to, let's just say this, Grant, you're a gym owner, all right? And I'm Joe Schmo. Hey, Grant, I noticed that you have a gym and you have a program and you've got a summer boot camp coming up. I'd love to tell you about my speaking package that I can come in and do this series where I'm going to train your members. You can offer this for free to them as an added benefit of being a member that they can come to this, you know, one weekend class where I'm going to teach them everything they know to actually burn fat and build muscle uh, just by changing what they eat. And if they combine that with physical training and, you know, heavy weightlifting, how we can even double or triple the results. And you say, well, I don't know who you are. It's like, well, check out my demo reel, right? On my website. There's a chance I might sell you, right? But then I say, Grant, 
I want you to check out my website and I want you to notice my social media links. Uh, over the last couple of years, I've been blogging and podcasting about nutrition. Now, if you want to hear how I communicate about and teach about subjects of nutrition, I want to encourage you to just check out episode number 76 as an example. Just listen to 10 minutes of it and see if you like how I communicate. And just know that that's the level of communication I'm going to bring to you. So listen to about 10 minutes of that podcast episode. And then also, I want you to check out what I've been able to accomplish through that podcast I've been able to build a community of people who are loyal, devoted, loving fans of the work that I've created. Check out my Twitter following. Check out my Facebook group, how many people are members of that Facebook group. And most of this has all happened because of my podcast, because I am able to engage and connect and build deeper relationships with the community of people who are interested in nutrition side of fitness as a result of my podcast. And of course, you know, it's like that's a little bit more impressive when he can actually go and not just see a, a three-minute demo video but he can actually listen to you talk and teach on an entire subject in one or 70 of your most recent podcast episodes. I'm curious too, how do you feel like, or do you feel like that podcasting has made you a better speaker and communicator? Because it is a different medium in terms of uh, you and I just having a conversation here on a podcast versus standing in front of you know 100 or 1,000 people giving a presentation, but we are still trying to put together coherent thoughts and a stream of conscious and flow here to the conversation. And even if you're just doing a solo episode, you're having to kind of formulate almost like a mini talk there that you're just kind of recording. So how do you feel like podcasting has helped you become a better speaker? Well, that's exactly it. I mean, I, I'm actually using my voice to communicate a message. That's what I'm doing on a stage. And yes, it is different to actually be speaking to a microphone and not have an audience in front of you versus having an audience. There's no question. We're not going to deny that there are lots of differences. But the similarities are, if, and especially doing a solo podcast, which, by the way, I prefer solo podcasts. But anyway, if, if I'm doing a solo podcast, what do I have to do? I have to come up with a topic. I think I have to do that when I have to give a talk, right? I have to actually think, okay, what do I want to say about this topic? What's my main purpose of my message? And what are the key points that I'm going to make? And I have to organize that. So I'm organizing that. And then I actually might actually think about preparing uh, an outline and maybe even practicing it before I hit the record button, although I don't. But then I'm going to hit the record button and I'm going to start talking from my heart based upon this outline and I'm going to communicate. And that's really what I do when I get on a stage. And so how do you get better at doing anything? By practice, the more you do anything, the better you'll be at it. And so podcasting is communicating with your voice. Speaking on a stage is communicating with your voice. So if, how does communicating, how does a podcast help you? It helps you by becoming better at communicating with confidence and clarity with your human voice. And, you know, even the most, most successful public speakers, you know, they're on the road year round. They're still speaking, you know, five, maybe four or five times a week, right? So the podcast gives you this opportunity every single week, regardless of if you're one of those people or not. The average public speaker, somebody's just getting started, I would say maybe even if I had to guess about your audience, maybe 40 to 60% of your audience probably speaks maybe three to seven times a year. Mm -hmm. Well, with an, a weekly podcast, you can bump that up to 50 time, 52 times a year. Right. Uh, a quick logistics question, times a year. So do you recommend if I'm going to do a podcast, it should be a weekly podcast? How often should I be doing one? Here's what I can tell you. The audiences out there, and I've actually talked to thousands of them and, and seen many surveys, audiences prefer a podcast that is published on a, a weekly 
basis. One episode per week, every week, no more, no less. That's the average podcast listener. And the cool thing is, is that if you choose a day of the week, and in my opinion, it does not matter at all what day of the week you choose, but if you choose a day of the week and actually consistently release a new episode that day of the week, every single week, you will actually become a part of people's lives, their weekly routine. I can tell you, Grant, every Monday morning, I'm going to be brushing my teeth with Ray Edwards. <laughs> Ray Edwards is a part of my life. In the past two years, I've never had a Monday morning without Ray Edwards being a one-hour part of my life. Now, imagine how much influence he has in my life. Right. And by the way, I can guarantee you, if I ever host my own conference, and that's a stupid question, God provided I don't get hit by a Mack truck, when I host my very first conference, I guarantee you Ray Edwards is going to be speaking at it. Right, right. Just because of that that connection and the rapport that, that you've learned from him. Absolutely. I learned so much. I gained so much value. The way he clearly communicates, there's just so many things that I feel like the guy's my close personal friend. And well, actually, we have become close personal friends as a result of our relationship. But yes, that podcast has clearly demonstrated his value to me. There's no question in my mind when I do a conference, Ray Edwards is speaking at it. Love it. All right, man. Hey, to, to wrap up here, I know that you've got, we're just scratching the surface on why we should podcast and how this this can, speakers can leverage this in their business in a lot of different ways and, and help their, their platform and their brand. But we didn't get into a ton of the, the technical sides of it. And sometimes that can be a little bit intimidating. I know you've got a lot of free resources, uh, not only on the technical side, but just building a podcast in general, promoting a podcast, growing a podcast audience. So uh, where can we go to find all of the podcast answer man goodness. Well, I want to encourage people to start out at learnhowtopodcast.com. It is a 100% free tutorial. Over 30,000 people made it through the first video. And I think about 13,000 people actually launched a podcast after watching all eight of them. Now, I will just say, Grant, it is, I created it back in 2011. The video promises that at the end, I'm going to show you how to do a podcast for absolutely free using a free service. That free service has since been purchased and sold. the talent behind it was acquired and they shut down the company. I have not had a chance to update it, but I still get hundreds of people every month that say, Cliff, I just used your tutorial to launch a podcast. So the more technical people will still be able to use that free tutorial, all the logistics outside of that service are still the same about podcasting. It hasn't changed since 2005 when I started. So go to learnhowtopodcast.com. If you'd like to actually have somebody walk you through and be your personal coach for four weeks, easy for me to say, right? Clearly communicating. <laughs> but anyway, I have a four-week group training program where I would be your personal coach walking you through every step in the process. And you can learn more about that at podcastinga2z.com. Awesome, brother. Well, we'll link up to both of those in the show notes. So thanks for hanging out with us. I appreciate you sharing some of your uh, your podcasting wisdom and journey and how it's impacted your speaking business. My pleasure, Grant. It's always an honor, and I'm glad to call you friend. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Cliff Ravenscraft. Good stuff, huh? The dude just knows his stuff. I, I like Cliff. He's a great, great guy and uh, def- one of my favorites. Anyway, you, you definitely you need, you need a podcast, all right? This podcast here it has made a huge difference for us, not only in brand building and awareness, but a podcast is really, really helpful for connecting with an audience in a way that text cannot do. Like you right now, listening to this podcast, uh, many times I, I get emails or people comment or they say something at a conference or an event. They're like, oh, I just I feel like I know you. 
you. I feel like I'm more connected to you. And you just don't get that from reading a, you know, a blog post. And there's nothing wrong with a blog post. And we're going to be actually doing more of those at thespeakerlab.com in the near future. But a podcast is really, really well for building some of that know, like, and trust factor with your audience. And especially for getting potential speaking gigs. So great stuff from, uh, from Cliff there. Hey, again, let me remind you, if you haven't already, make sure you register for your free ticket for the Speaker Lab Summit. You can get that by going over to thespeakerlabsummit.com. All one word spelled out there, thespeakerlabsummit.com. Again, the we're going to kick off on Monday, September the 12th. So as long as you are listening to this before then, and even if you're within a couple days of that, you can still pick up your free ticket by going over to thespeakerlabsummit.com. You don't want to miss out on this. Each of the interviews, we have 40-plus interviews with some top-notch speakers. Each of the interviews are only going to be up for a couple of days, and so you're going to want to jump in on those uh, while you can uh, before they disappear. So a couple days for free uh, where you can watch those and, and uh, listen to those recordings, those interviews that we did with those speakers. So, I mean, they're, I'm serious. They're sharing some of their best strategies, tactics, how they rehearse, how they use comedy, how they tell stories, how they find bookings, how they've got book deals, how they do webinars, how they've turned their content into an online course, like all types of elements and facets relating to building and growing your speaking business. We have that at the Speaker Lab Summit. So make sure again you register, pick up your free ticket over at thespeakerlabsummit.com and we will see you over there, my friend. That wraps up episode 96. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.